back, like we never left, with another episode of the What We Dug Up podcast. It's your host, Doug Zanier, again. Uh, just letting you guys know, this is probably going to be the last episode before I have a baby. My wife has a baby, I guess I should say. Uh, being induced this weekend, so, I mean, as exciting as that is and everything, there's not going to be a podcast episode or anything, probably for at least a week or two. Um, maybe I can fit one in just depending on what she's doing or anything like that, but it just depends on the free time involved. So, um, uh, I, I mean, I want to get right into it pretty much. <clears throat> Francis Ngannou turns down Derek Lewis. That's huge, huge, because you got all these, you know, big name or corporate, you know, ex-fighters or everything like that for the UFC or, or MMA uh, period analysts, well, Derek Lewis could be the fight to make. You know, that's the route to go if John Jones is requesting blah, 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 too much. No. No. Thank God Derek Lewis declined this or turned this down or, or however you want to word it. Thank God. And, and and the MMA gods were in our favor because this is one of those fights that just needs to happen, like now, needs to happen. And um, the longer you put this off, the obviously the more chances there are of this fight not actually happening and it's just weird to me because you know even Derek Lewis after he KO'd uh Curtis Blades still says you know I don't I don't argue with John Jones getting a title shot nobody in that division argues with John Jones getting a title shot why because he's not just this great light heavyweight the goat light heavyweight he is the goat the goat, regardless of what we talked about in the other episode, and we're going to talk about it a lot more again in this episode because it's just something that is staying right now in the focus, and it's even more clear right now that we're probably going to get Nganu and Jones because Nganu wants Jones. I think Jones in turn wants Nganu, but he wants to be paid for it, and, and I'm going to get to that here in a second um, uh, on on why I don't think Jones' build has necessarily been the best. But Nganu is, is is doing the right things. Turning down Lewis is the right call. Excuse me. I don't know what the hell that was. But turning down turning down Derek Lewis is the absolute right call, 100%. Um, and it, in him doing that, it's a reflection that, A, France's goals. Uh, what, he's obviously shooting high. I mean, you're, you're putting him in a light with, you know, Connor basically because say he knocks out Jones. He has then just knocked out Miocic and Jones on top of already the legends that he's already knocked out, including, you know, contenders in the division. So it's just very, um, very, very interesting to see that, like, his goals are in place. You know, he wants to take out these two goats. He wants to take out the goat. And then what's next? Because I did kind of allude to it in the last episode as well, but he talked about a boxing a boxing match. He's saying I would fight Fury. I think they I think it was I don't know if it was Tyson or somebody. He was on hot boxing with Tyson, but if he if he would entertain a boxing match with Mike Tyson, blah blah blah. And he said no. But I would definitely want to fight like a, a Tyson Fury or somebody of that nature. Um and that is absolutely insane insane to think about could you imagine him fighting like a fury a wilder you know uh, even anthony joshua just depends i mean it, it, they could be coming off a loss it doesn't matter 
great boxers versus the destroyer, the predator. I mean, literally, this would just be insane. Uh, it, but it, another thing that, that him turning down Lewis is, is is a reflection of everybody comes at John Jones for not selling. And I agree. He's not this this top 10 you know, sell, this top five sell, this top three sell. He's not like that. He's not a draw like that. But in part, that's kind of the UFC's fault. Um, but he knows that that Francis knows that John is going to sell this. Francis knows that he's going to make more off of John than he would off of, of Derek Lewis. That is just, and that's just facts. Anybody who's saying like, oh, people will pay to see Lewis. Yes, the people who always pay, me. Anybody else who always pays, yes, they will pay. But if you're trying to bring in the more broad audience and everything like that, which are the only people that are coming in like, oh yeah, you could give Derek Lewis a title shot. John Jones is being ridiculous. He is. He is being ridiculous. But at some point, you have to make it worth your while. And if you're going to pay him to get knocked out, he's not going to get paid like that anymore. So it's you're taking a risk in Francis knocking him out. Do you not believe that he's going to do that? Do you have that much faith in John Jones getting a win? It's just, it's very, very strange to see like the the, the um, events unfold from this and how the UFC is playing it out, how Francis and how Jones. And I don't really agree with how the UFC is, and I don't really agree with how Jones is. And like I said, I'll get more into Jones later. I'll get more into the UFC later as well. But Francis is handling everything perfect right now. I mean, he's he, to, even anybody who's faulting him for turning down Derek Lewis. I think I saw Chael say we need a new policy. No. Anybody would want this fight. Anybody on earth would want this fight. So it it just has to become that the UFC needs to make these fights. That's pretty much where we're at, I think, in, in terms of this. But uh, and it, it, when you go into terms of John Jones selling, I, like I said, he's not this top 10 fighter or this top 10 sell or draw or anything like that. But a lot of it is due to it, like when you get through his mid or his early 20s to mid 20s, after he destroyed everybody, and and you know after scandals, he destroyed his own reputation too. I am no way, shape, or form saying that like John Jones is being blackballed by the UFC, but it doesn't help that he, the level of competition he was facing. He didn't get like Connor. Connor didn't face this level of competition that was so gigantic before before title, you know. But that but the light heavyweight division was better back then. It wasn't it. it it's starting to get a little bit better now, but it wasn't. It was good back then. But as he progressed through and, and beat everybody, and people got older, there weren't people in that division. So that's why I'm, I'm likening it to Connor, but kind of in the opposite of Connor didn't have this stiff competition. Like I said, this gigantic competition with everybody. But then he hits Mendez, you know. Then he hits Aldo, you know, and then he just goes on this run. And but even the loss, like uh, Alvarez, former champion, like pe- people that he was blasting. He just had tough, tough fight after fight. I mean, he was getting, like, everybody that he was fighting had a very, very real chance of beating him. That was just the fact of the matter when you were looking at his opponents. Even Dos Anjos, when when the fight that fell through to get Conor Nate, that was even a very, very tough, that was going to be a tough fight for Conor. So, I mean, Aldo itself, I mean, I know it ended in 13 seconds, still a tough, tough fight. That guy was a reigning champ forever. It's just... Connor had a different, this different mentality, this different sell than John Jones than John Jones does. John Jones, the the main selling point now, and I know people are going to argue, oh DC and Gustafson, yes, they're like the only two. Okay, it's not like he sold a whole bunch for Reyes or 
Santos or Anthony Smith. He didn't he didn't go gigantic numbers for anything like that. And people will tell you that that he's not this draw, and they'll look to that. But he was drawing early in his career, and he will draw if you put him in the right fights. But this is what I was going to say: is he's not that likable. Jones is in some people's minds, he's not likable at all, not one bit. But my dog is going absolutely crazy over here playing. At least he's not barking. But sorry if you hear that in the background. Sounds like a little gremlin. But anyhow, Johns isn't that likable to, to most. And to, to some, he's not likable at all. I mean, they just they have no like at all. They have no time for John Jones at all, which helps sell the fight more. Are you going to buy the pay-per-view where Anthony Smith fights John Jones? Do you believe that Anthony Smith is going to pose a problem for five rounds for John Jones or even knock him out in one or two? No, not too many people did. Did you think that of, of Tiago Santos? Santos gave him a problem, but I also think that Jones in these last couple fights in, in light heavyweight just wasn't interested, and he didn't he didn't believe that he was in trouble. So then Reyes comes in the same thing. People are like, nah, he's going he's gonna to get by Reyes. And that was a tough fight. And I know people are going to make arguments that he lost that fight. My dad always says, like, oh, you don't take an oppor- a title opportunity. Well, Reyes didn't finish him, and he looked not so hot at the end of round three. Jones won four, and Jones won five. If you stick that in the judge's mind that at the end of a round that Jones looked much, much better at the end of round three than he did in the beginning when Reyes was just pressing and throwing all this energy out, Jones just was like, I'll just teeter and figure it out. And he did. And he gets through. And he's going to move up, puts on those weight. I think there's a, a different motivation. But people are saying, oh, he needs his hazard pay. And that's what I don't like about that. And again, I'll get into that here in, in, in a, a little bit. But The UFC's got to pay Jones. What else are you going to do? He turned down Lewis. Are you just going to hold the division up? No, they don't want to do that. I know the UFC does not want their premier division to be on hold for a year. And Francis wants to be busy, so he is going to be pressing and pressing and pressing. He wants paid. He wants paid just like Jones wants paid, big time. And this is a big time fight to get paid on. People will buy this to see him get knocked out. I'm just putting that out there. If, if you do think that... And that's the other part of this. Like the USC, I feel like is trying to put in Lewis just to like get Ngannou another win, and then they can then they can sell this whole thing on John Jones. How? Because maybe Mitchich is ready, and then you could do the trilogy. I mean, there's all sorts of excuses to keep Jones out of it, but there's all sorts of better excuses to put him into the title picture. That's, I mean, you could literally make excuse after excuse after excuse trying to get him out. He's got to be in there. He's got to be the next fight, and he's got to be, well, I mean, in this one. And, and what I was going to say is, if you put, like, everybody is looking at Lewis as this easy fight. Lewis, in, I mean, in my opinion, in some opinions, he's the hardest hitter. But in my opinion, he's the second hardest hitter in the UFC. If Francis engages in a, in a firefight with him, he could get knocked out. Like, it, it just could happen. He could get bla- blasted. I mean, in that first fight, it was very, very boring because I think both of them were injured. Lewis had back problems. I, I think they said Francis had the knee problem, like an MCL, ACL, something like that. Maybe neither one of them wanted to engage because of that, but I think a lot of that was also respect for the pop on the other side. I mean, if you're Francis and your knee's compromised and you're not moving or getting out of the way fast enough like you want to be or pushing your off your knee to get out of the way fast enough and get your head off the center line, that pop, that poses a problem if, if Lewis is punching at you and, and vice versa. If, if 
Lewis can't get out fast enough with a back issue. If his back starts spasming in the middle of a Francis flurry, what the fuck's going to happen? He's going to get knocked out. It, it, that, that fight was boring for reasons. And I'm not saying that the next fight will be boring. I'm saying you're ruining your risk of this cash cow right now. The UFC is like literally trying to sabotage itself. Why would you do this? Why would you risk? In their eyes, it's almost like, oh, the attraction is John Jones at heavyweight. No. If you put John Jones at heavyweight against Derek Lewis UFC, that's not good. We already watched what Daniel Cormier could do to Derek Lewis at heavyweight in a title fight. We've seen what John Jones can do to Lewis or to, to Cormier, excuse me. Do you want to go really five rounds and watch Jones manhandle Lewis wrestling match? Choke him out. Do you want to watch that? Or do you want to watch one of the most unlikable guys in the UFC go get knocked out potentially by the knockout king or knockout artist? Sorry, Derek Lewis. I'm not saying you're not, but it you guys got to co-share co that. He's got violent knockouts. You got the most knockouts. You guys got to share that 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 king. You know, can't be king and king. You got or king and queen. You guys just got to be you know king and king right there. But just, you, you gotta do it. You gotta do Jones and Ganu now. Now, if Francis beats Jones, then yes, 100%. Derek Lewis next. Get it done. Get that rematch done. And I know Francis is gonna want that rematch. He's gonna want that win back. That's his last loss. I mean, everybody looks at it like it's steeping. No, it is Francis. Francis, or I'm sorry, it is Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis is Francis' last loss. So this is a big, like a big deal in my opinion, is he chewing on something he's Yeah. Sorry. Dog wants to interrupt. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it has to be done. Sorry. Losing my thought because of the dog. Can't have him in here when you do these, man. Just absolutely ruins the, the flow. Ruins my mindset. So, um, oh. That's what I was going, that's what I was going to say. I, I'm not... So off of the whole, um, you know, Francis and, and John thing, and, and like I said, I don't like how the UFC's kind of played it because I agree with John that Dana did not sell that well at the beginning. And I don't think they're selling it well now because they're trying to avoid it so much. And like I said, they're almost self-sabotaging. Why would you do away with a huge money fight? Um, it's not like Nate and Connor where you can revisit that at another time. Masvidal and Nate, you can revisit that at another time. There are fights like that. This is not one that's like that. If Francis loses, that you kind of lose that allure. If you know you you, if Francis wins and you and you want to pull off Stipe, I mean, like I said, there are reasons upon reasons upon reasons, excuses on excuses to put John Jones outside of the box on the title picture. You gotta include him, and you, I think it's got to be now, but. That's my, my gripe with the UFC is they haven't done well. Just you would think they'd put this together now. And that's the like Ariel Hawani said, this this should have been contracted long, long ago. Like if he wins, you know, and then they have a, a what's it called already set up um, and ready to go. Like a promo on the screen. That is that's exactly how it should have been done. A hundred percent. That's how that this whole thing should have been done. But now you're kind of left with the UFC not knowing how to build it. And then John Jones, 
John Jones starts off perfect, cocky, show me the money. Daddy's home when you, you know, when he enters the, the uh, heavyweight. He was already, this whole thing began with him talking shit. Him and, and, and Ganu. This, that's how this whole thing started. Do you think he literally went up to heavyweight and did not expect at all? Didn't think there was any chance, zero, that he was going to see Ngannou? He knew it. He knew that there was more than a 50-50 chance that he was going to see Ngannou. More than a 50-50 chance. Just because of that, that knockout blow that he can deliver at any single moment. Now John has changed his tune, which... I. Like I said, I'm I appreciate watching John Jones. I will watch every single John Jones fight from now until he retires as long as I'm able to. My problem with it is you he's taken a golden opportunity to continue to be cocky and now he's saying like, well, you know, everybody gets knocked out once. You know, you know, you've been in the game long enough. Um I'm more worried about my jaw being broken. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't take the fight if you were worried about your jaw being broken because that's more, way more than 50, maybe even more than 60% chance that you are going to get your jaw broken by Francis. You do get hit. John gets hit. He's He's got that tough chin I talked about in the other episode. He's got that goat chin, and he relies on it too to be able to get to positions that he needs to get to. You can't do that with Francis necessarily. I mean, he might be able to take one or two, but that when he takes three, four, you know, your jaw is probably like crack, 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 broke. No good. No good. So, I but I don't like the way he's building it. Don't do that. Don't say, oh, everybody's, you know, you're, you're in the game long enough, it might happen. Continue to be cocky. Continue to say you're going to win. Continue to say you're much faster. Continue to say you've been doing this much longer. Continue to say that you've been beating people at much higher levels for a much longer time. Explain that you've been literally doing this. How many multiples of time than Francis? That's all you have to do. It's not hard. It's very, very simple. John Jones built for this. And and the UFC's build for this is very, very simple. Knockout King, guy who's never even been knocked down or knocked out. I don't know if they gave Dominic Reyes a knockdown for that and then that fight. But any you see what I'm saying. If he's never been the guy's never never lost. Never if he did get knocked down, it was once and it was partially a stumble. I mean this is a chin. He has faced some tough, creative hitters, hard hitters. It's not like he's just fought a bunch of princesses. He's beaten people. He's beaten real fighters. He's beaten real light heavyweights. The problem is it's just not a bunch of people that believed that he was going to lose. That was the problem with John Jones. Also, off of that, we're going to kind of move on to the next topic. Um... Like I said, Jones has been saying you're in the game long enough. You're gonna, you're probably, you know, you might get knocked out. This and that. Speaking of that, the one debut on on TNT, Demetrius Johnson getting knocked out, and I want to segue into that just because Johnson said the same thing after, and I'm gonna kind of go back. I'm not completely off of the, that, but Johnson said the same thing after. You, you know, you're in the game long enough. It's gonna happen. I don't love that. But it is true. It's 100% true. Like, the longer you fight, the, the more likely that it is that you're going to get KO'd, especially as you get older. Um, it was more accepting hearing it after the fight from DJ than I felt like I, I don't want to hear that before from John. You know, I, especially not on a knockout artist like Francis, you know. 
So th- that was just that was my issue. There it was a little more acceptable coming from DJ after the fight. Um, but can we talk about one now? That was the most disastrous main card debut. I, they their prelims were pretty good. Um, they did a, they did a nice job. Whatever my dog was chewing there, um, they did a good job. I, I thought I, I didn't get to watch all of them, um, but then you hit the the Eddie Alvarez uh, Yuri Lapakis fight, and you know, Richard and I were talking in the group chat, and I said, "Have you did you watch that?" I said, "This is just this is a disaster to start." I said, "This is terrible." So this is a shit show. You had if for, if you didn't watch, you had. Eddie Alvarez get a takedown on Yuri Lapakis early into the fight. He gets his arm to the point where he can kind of throw strikes. Lapakis's head is beginning to turn. Eddie lands one or two. I believe it was two. The ref must have said something because Eddie looks at the ref. Then begins landing, landing, landing. After he tur- he does, he positions, he said it a- after the fight in his interview. He positions his head differently, thinking he's turning Lapakis's head out. Well, really, Lapkus's head is still turning in, which is leaving the back of his head completely open as Alvarez is just continuing to, to strike away. And one of them must have hit like a nerve or something back there. It, it, it got Lapkus pretty good. And he, you know, ah, went back. Um, uh, Eddie goes for the hammer fist and the, the, the ref jumps in and stops it. This was part of why I was saying this is disastrous is First things first, you had the the commentators arguing on live television about this. I mean, literally, Rich Franklin and ah, I forget the other guy's name now, but t- they're just arguing, arguing about it. Say, one saying it's intent, the other one saying it doesn't matter. You know, he keeps striking, and you know, I'm I'm explaining this like, oh, DJ or I'm sorry, Eddie Alvarez, you know, the American from Philly. In a in a it's not the U.S. debut. It's the U.S. like television debut, I guess you could say on TNT. It's it's just this big thing they got their U.S. stars on there, and Eddie gets DQ'd, and then you got the commentators fighting, and there was the whole like you know oh my god was there ever a warning or anything? And we found out later there was, but I'm talking to Richard about it. I said that's hard. Like that's just disastrous. And Richard made a amazing point what was the ref doing if he if he did warn him after the first two he allowed three more to the back of the head allowed lapicus to go back and then two three hammer fists before he legit got to the point where he stopped the fight that's disastrous that's a horrible ref job a great call which which is how it led into that because I thought Richard was disagreeing with the call, and I said, oh, you don't think those were to the back of the head? Because in my opinion, maybe one of them caught the back of the ear, but every other one was to the back of the head. And I'm I'm not biased. It's not like I was rooting against Eddie Alvarez. But they were all to the back of the head. And I said, you don't think that? He said, no, it's just the re- how terrible the ref stoppage was. But I wasn't thinking about that in the moment. I just kept thinking that was to the back of the head. It wasn't... Oh my God, the ref warned him. And then, you, you know, thinking about it, DJ, or Eddie said, I keep saying DJ, Eddie said, oh, he did warn me. He, he he did say something to me, but I thought I was getting his ear. Jeez. And, and the back of the head feels a lot. I feel like you would know if you're hitting the ear. 
but maybe not with gloves. I'm not a fighter, so I don't know. Um, you guys can let me know. Let me know in the comments. Uh, but just that, and then obviously DJ, I, I, it's nice to have your homegrown stars win. That's big. Um, it's key for your organizations. But at the same time, when you get somebody like Demetrius Johnson in that you kind of made this trade for, he goes on a run in your Grand Prix and wins the Grand Prix championship and gets his title fight with Adrian Moraes and it's a main event on, on U.S. television and TNT and, and primetime spot. Well, not primetime, but you know what I'm saying, 10 o'clock. I don't know what else. I don't know how else to react because that has to be how one reacted. Like great, but now our like our American cash cow just kind of got flattened. And Adrian Marais, I said to I said to my cousin Jake, I said to Richard in the group chat before, and I said, I'm not picky, and I'm not in any way, shape, or form saying that I picked him. I, I did pick DJ for that fight, but I I did say with the caveat, I would not be surprised if Marais wins by KO. I I mean I literally called that. I I said DJ wins by decision. I don't think he wins by, but I I do believe that Marais wins by by KO if that is the the factor. But I, you can't really pick two things, so DJ was my pick, so I was wrong. But it, it, so congratulations to Marais, and and that you know Pitbull from from Bellator made a, a point to that, and and Marais was saying you know not all the greatest fighters are UFC. Same with same with Pitbull. I I do agree with that statement. Not all the greatest fighters are in the UFC. The issue with a lot of these other promotions, the PFL, Bellator, you know, um, one even, a lot, you're either not marketable, a lot of the people in there are not marketable, or they don't do a good job of marketing, or an as good a job of marketing as UFC, or, which is what I truly believe, right, in my opinion right now, the UFC, it's not that, like, okay, so you incite, or insert a pit bull into that featherweight division, or even lightweight division. That is insane, right? In the UFC, why? Because they have everybody else. They have the, all the top contenders, maybe minus one, two, or three. But they have almost all that top competition. That's why when you hear people say like, oh, well, UFC's got all the fighters. Not all of them. And not all the best. But they have most of them. And they have most of the best in those weight classes. That's where that's where it comes from. And um, it's not like a jab at Bellator. I, I enjoy watching Bellator. I enjoy um, the Bellator fighters. And I didn't... I love watching that particular installment of one, but I've watched replays and stuff of one. Um, it's it's fun. I mean, I, I like the knees of the face on the ground. Um, it's brutal, but I feel like DJ should have known the rules, and I think he did know the rules. I think it's just hard to adapt when you've been doing something else and you haven't been put in that position in a fight. It's very, very hard to think about, oh, yeah, that knee's coming from my head, when usually it's, I can do this because that knee's not coming from my head. So very different but speaking of uh of bellator pitbull takes out emmanuel sanchez which sets up i mean there are other fights and stuff like that uh, obviously but pitbull beating emmanuel sanchez sets up him and aj mckee in the featherweight grand prix finals championship finals for the title and a million dollars absolutely freaking insane that's going to be maybe the biggest fight in bellator history aj mckee undefeated phenom prospect young kid uh pitbull i mean i would say at this point now is probably the face of bellator um and he's on a fantastic run i mean he's a beast i think a, there's like a lot of fantasy matchups people would say with him in that uh ufc featherweight division or lightweight division like i said earlier so just god i, I can't wait for that 
I can't wait for that. And actually, my cousin Jake and I were talking about the other the other day, yesterday maybe. Can you imagine if they did if like because I think Pitbull was calling out Michael Chandler if he wins the lightweight championship and if if he continues with his featherweight championship Grand Prix win over AJ McKee that Dana White has no balls if they don't do it. And we were saying, could you imagine like if they did a crossover event? Like just one, like literally all the biggest fights that you could possibly make, and I think we should do a podcast episode on that because he said, uh, you know, Pitbull and Chandler, and person I like, I like Pitbull and and Holloway. Just saying, I don't know, I don't know. But then I I, I said you know Cyborg and Amanda too, but you can go Pitbull Michael Chandler too, and there are so many other fights though that that would be. Great if you enter promotion, um, and then you know we got thinking like oh not just like Bellator but like UFC but like all cards like even Bellator One or Bellator PFL or UFC PFL or UFC I mean just like a like a MMA card so we might do that for an episode too that that sounds like it'll be a lot of fun. Um, what else were we going to do there? Oh, Connor and Dustin both signed their contracts July tenth it's on baby. 264. Um, it's actually not a bad card. Um, and <laughs> before I get into that, Connor dared Dustin to meet him in the in the center in the, of the octagon. He said, "Dare dare you to meet me in the middle." I think Dustin does, and I don't think it ends the way Connor does. I, I'm saving my my prediction for this trilogy fight um, till later, but I just think this fight goes differently than the first, differently than the second. It's going to be like a in my opinion, like a Diaz-Connor war, unless somebody just lands something early. But I think it's going to be like a, a fun fight. But anyway, like I said, fun card, actually. Um, Ryan Hall's going to get a fight on that card. Um, for those of you who don't know, he's just like a jiu-jitsu ace, like submission specialist, but he can fight, period. He, but he looks so goofy. I mean, it, if I like, if you picked like a bunch of UFC fighters and, and you asked me, like, you have one choice. I would pick Ryan Hall and I would feel like semi-confident. And then I'd get my ass whooped. Proceeding. But that I'm just sharing that with you because that is he just does not have this like build or look that you would think, but he's incredible. Incredible, incredible fighter. And no, in no way, shape, or form would I whoop anybody in the UFC's ass. That's not what I'm saying. They would all whoop my ass, throw me through a wall like a superhero. But anyway, uh Wonderboy and Burns. I'm not positive if that's gonna be the, the main event or, or the co-main event, I'm sorry. Or not, but if not, I'm kind of wondering if they're going to do a five-round co-main event for that too. Are they trying to set the standard, um, especially since there's no title fight on that? Um, I mean, I know it doesn't matter. Whoever the main event is, is going to get five rounds, whether it's title fight or not, no title fight. I, I, it's just strange that you would put Nate and, and Leon on Michael Chandler and and Oliver. And I guess maybe not when you think about it. Like, okay, well, we don't know if, if Chandler's going to be able to sell this by himself and we don't know if Oliver is going to be able to sell him by itself and we don't know if them together is going to be able to sell it big so if you put Nate on the card and you give him a welterweight contender for sure it's going to it's going to sell I agreed like I'm not I'm not in any way saber shape or form saying you should put Nate and Leon on, on this I'm just wondering does this get a five round co-main event that's all I'm saying or all I'm asking I guess It'd be pretty cool if it did but it is a Connor card so you could see that it might not but I think it'd be a lot of fun if they did do that especially since like I said in the last episode the UFC has been like Heavily, heavily, heavily dedicated on trying to make good, good, good cards, um, following like the upcharge in price. So I'd be, I'd be extremely excited for that. Um, 
And then Wonder Boy and Burn or like Wonder Boy and Burns, Tuivasa and Hardy are fighting. Getting a phone call. Tuivasa and, and Greg Hardy are fighting. That's an interesting fight because, you know, they're, Tuivasa coming off a win. Not anybody big. I think it was Honeysucker or something like that. Knockout artist, knockout guy. I mean, this is power versus power. And you can either see Hardy get dumped or you could see him get a big win that could catapult him into some um, even bigger fights. So interesting, interesting matchup there. Um, and then not on... 264, but what's going on with Volkanovski and Ortega? Because that's kind of holding up the division just a little bit too. I mean, this this that was supposed to happen back with Francis and, and, and Stipe. You know, we, we kind of have a clear picture by now of what was going to be taking place after that. Now we don't even have a date for the fight, and we have, what, 261, 262. I don't know about 263, but 264. So... I feel like it's either 263 or he's going to be 265 or later, or that's going to be 265 or later. It's just kind of weird how that got that got pushed back so far. Um, and then speaking of 261, Masvidal and Usman's heating up a little bit with these interviews. Uh, Masvidal was saying, you know, he's not he's not man enough. You know, all he wanted to do was awkward dance and and, and um, do feet rubs. So um, it. It's interesting, and he also said he can't he can't stand with him. That Usman can't stand with Masvidal. He said there's and he knows that. So, and Usman knows that. What or what, uh, or Masvidal knows what Usman's I'm sorry solution is to that. So, it's interesting to see like how much Masvidal is building off the preparation for this, um, not just having six days as opposed to, hey, I'm doing or I have a full fight camp for this. And he's really, really putting that out there. And I think he, I mean, as, as all fighters should be, very, very, very confident heading into this. And I think if you watch that Gilbert Burns fight, it may give you the crack in, in, in Usman. Maybe not. Usman's just got that that incredible, I mean, I think it's the best jab in the UFC right now. Um, but that doesn't mean that Jorge can't figure out the jab. So it's just, it, it, it's going to be fun to to watch, especially since Usman is saying, I'm going for a finish. Like, it, it, it's guaranteed I'm going for a finish. Um, it's just, is he going to have to settle for a, you know, submission as opposed to KO? I know he probably wants to, like you said, break his spirit, but I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'm going to save my, like I said, I'm going to save my uh, picks for that one too. I'm not going right into that. And then Masvidal's still been throwing shade at Ben Askren. I mean, through this whole Jake Paul and Ben Askren thing, Masvidal's been helping Jake Paul just still just talking all this shit to him. And it makes me laugh. But um, off of that, you know, that that's next weekend. I mean, that's Jake Paul and Ben Askren are going to be boxing next weekend. Who do you got? And and has has Jake Paul been out of his realm? I mean, he looks so bad in these, these press conferences. He looks like he just doesn't know what he's doing. And I get it. He hasn't really been in this position before. Whereas, you know, Ben Askren has been in press conferences and stuff like that. It's just, it almost looks like when you're taking Paul out of the YouTube setting and you're putting him in like real life with cameras rolling like right now and you're not, you're not prepared. But it's, it's, that's why Connor is so good. That's why Chael Sonnen at the time was so good because it was just up here. It was right off the top. They didn't, they didn't pre-script any of this. It was just very, very quick-witted off the top. If Paul can start doing that and he kind of learns, because I'm not going to sit here and base and say like, oh, you know, if he wins this, he can't have another one because he's not marketable. He's gonna. He's got to learn. 
like somebody's gonna have to teach him like okay if you're gonna be able to continue to get these fights you're going to have to learn how to to hold your own because you look like a fool kind of not saying he is gonna win but i i just i have a hard time thinking he's gonna win any other way other than ko and i think he knows that and i'm not saying ben can't be knocked out because he definitely can be i mean that chin has been worked especially by masvidal's knee but I feel like Askren wins, and I feel like like the more we're getting to it, I feel like he might actually finish him towards the end of the fight here, but we'll see. Do I eat my words? I don't know, and I'm not officially picking that either. I'm going to wait. Um, hopefully, next weekend, I can get a episode in before, before that, but that is next weekend. This weekend, however, is Marvin Vittori versus Kevin Holland fight night. Darren Till was supposed to be in against Vittori, but he, uh, he got hurt. The collarbone, I believe it was, which is a big thing because Vittori was saying he thought he was faking it or something like that, and Till just lit into him and and uh, was saying, you know, that's bullshit basically, and can't wait till I'm done with this, like I'll I'll mess you up pretty much. Um, so that kind of could be fun depending on what what happens here, but I'm gonna get my quick picks. You know, I'm not gonna go into like deep discussion like I would for the pay per views necessarily. Um, and then afterwards, to, to end the episode, I'm going to give like a, like my parlay picks for the UFC for this weekend, too. One of them is going to be like a smart money. One of them is going to be a big money. I mean, <laughs> I, I tend to put in like a smart money bet and then a big money bet and just ride it out. You know, one of them's definitely a loss and one of them, or definitely, one of them could be a loss and one of them could be a, um, a, win, a, a good win, so... Uh, like I said, I'll explain that too in a second. But anyway, um, first on the card, Mike Perry and Daniel Rodriguez. I'm going Mike Perry. Lights out. KO. Lights out violence. I mean, he. I think he's going to knock out Daniel Rodriguez. And he's the underdog too. I mean, Rodriguez is no joke. It's not in no way, shape, or form is this like a, a gimme for Mike Perry. I just feel like he's violent enough. And I feel like Rodriguez isn't going to be able to keep his chin away from him enough. That's just my guess. I'm going. I'm going Perry by KO. Um, the next fight, Nina Nunes, or formerly known as Nina Ansaroff, um, wife of Amanda Nunes, fighting Mackenzie Dern. I'm picking Dern, but I'm picking Dern in a decision in a tough, tough fought fight. Uh, she might even win every single round, but it's going to be close and tough fought every single round. So, I, Nunes is no joke. Honestly, I think she's she's tough and she's kind of like a a test, a good test for everybody in that division. So. We'll see how that fight plays out. Um, Sam Alvey and Julian Marquez. Smart money. Sam Alvey. I'm not smart money. I'm going Julian Marquez. I just feel like he's going to swing and connect. And he's got heavy, heavy hands. And I do feel like he lands it. Alvey is good. He's probably a little more technical. Um, the veteran. But I just have a feeling he's going to have a hard time keeping his head and his chin away from Marquez for the whole fight. So we'll see. That's my pick by KO. So I got KO decision, KO. And then this is probably one of my f- favorite fights on this card. I mean, I love love Kevin Holland. Didn't really love his last performance so much. Um, so you would think I would love the, you know, being a big Kevin Holland fan, the, the main event would be my, my favorite fight. But actually Arnold Allen, Sadiq Youssef in the co-main event, that is my favorite fight. Um, I think both are undefeated or maybe one loss for one of them. But... Just incredibly well-rounded, talented fighters. Um, I, I mean, honestly, I don't 
really know how to pick or or even that my pick is going to, I'm not real confident in my pick necessarily, but I'm going Yusuf and I'm I'm really saying it because I think the power is going to be the difference in the fight. I think he can stay on his feet um, and I think he wins the the uh, exchanges because of the power. I think he's going to come out taking that and I'm going to go by decision as well. I don't think he, I think Allen's tough. I don't think he puts him away. I think he has the potential to, but I don't think he's going to put Allen away. And then the main event, uh, Marvin Vittori, Kevin Holland. I'm going Vittori. But Vittori does like to stand and bang, and I feel like that created an opening for Holland, so I might pick Holland, but I'm not going to pick Holland. I'm going Vittori, and I'm going to say another decision. I, Kevin Holland's tough, too. He's a tough dude to put away unless you you know, get him in a bad position and, and, and tough ground and pound, or the same thing, bad position, and you get him in a sub. Tough guy to put away. Um, those are my picks for the for the fight night this weekend. Parlays. These are my parlay picks. If you follow the smart money, I'm going stay straight with what I just picked. Uh, Vittori, Yusuf, Marquez, Mackenzie Dern, and Mike Perry. I think I had it on Sportsbook, DraftKings Sportsbook. It was five dollars when when you like eighty dollars or eighty one dollars and some change. Um, and then my the the big money, not the smart money, the big money parlay. If there are, you know, those of you who like to make these bets, like I do every now and then, I just think they're fun to throw a dollar on or something like that. But uh, Kevin Holland, Sam Alvey, Mackenzie Dern, Mike Perry, Jim Miller, Hunter Azur, and John McDessie, they're all underdogs. Not one favorite in there, at least according to DraftKings Sportsbook. $5 will win you 4200 or 41 Hundred forty one eighty something like that four thousand one hundred eighty dollars something like that I'm rounding up to forty two hundred. That's my and 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 before I before I go the fun thing about that that big money bet there Holland like I said if that stays on the feed he has a he's gonna have a chance of winning. Alvy being the veteran he could stay away from Julian Marquez and take that win. Mackenzie Dern I, I'm surprised that she is the underdog against Ansaroff but like I said Ansaroff is a very 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 good test for everybody in that division. But Mackenzie Dern is Mackenzie Dern. Um, Mike Perry, I've already said that earlier. I, I just and, and Mackenzie Dern. I'm going to jump back to that. Mike, she could easily, easily steal a submission win in that fight too. I just, I'm just going by decision. But uh, Mike Perry, I already said that he could get a knockout, no problem. Um, Jim Miller's looked pretty decent in his last couple of fights. I'm going to go Jim Miller. Hunter Zerp was on a fast track until he got knocked out by Brian Kelleher. I think it was Kelleher. I think it was Brian Keller. Somebody knocked him out. I have to look that up. But he did get knocked out. He got stopped by somebody um, after like a, a pretty good run too. But I'm going to go with Azur over Jack Shore. And then uh, John McDessie, I'm going to take him. And, and like I said, they're, they're all decent um, underdog picks. Like They all have good chances. So not, not a bad one to ride with if you're going to do that. Like I said, guys, it's probably going to be the last episode for at least a week, maybe even a week and a half, two weeks. Um, hopefully we get back here. I say this every time. Hopefully we can get Justin and Richard on here. It's just tough meshing schedules. It's going to be even tougher with the baby trying to mesh these schedules. Um, I definitely got plans in to get Jake, my cousin Jacob, uh, in for a – and he loves talking MMA, period. So – I'm getting him in for an episode. It's the the that's going to be the UFC 261 preview we're going to do him and I, um, and like I said last time, he's he's real excited for that. So we got episodes on the way. It's not like we're going to stall out here like we did last time. Um, I've been getting you an episode a week. Hopefully we keep going. Like I said, check us out on YouTube, uh, Spotify, Apple Music, or Apple Podcast, and 
uh, Amazon. All right, I think we're all on, on all those. So check them out. Maybe even Google too. Uh, check us out. Give us a or subscribe. Give us a like. Whatever you want to do on YouTube. Um, if not, hey, no worries. You know, we're just having fun with this. Or me, I'm just having fun with this. So have a good one. Hope we see you guys soon. Hopefully, I have a baby here soon. <laughs>